You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all to the NFC East Mixtape, a project presented to you in partnership by SB Nation's Blog of the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hawks Haven, and Big Blue View, SB Nation's home for all NFC East content. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog of the Boys, where we cover the Dallas Cowboys. He is Brandon Lee Gatton from Bleeding Green Nation, where they cover the uh, E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles, B-L-G. Happy draft week to you, amigo. Why are you chanting the Eagles chant? I mean, I didn't uh, chant. I just spelled. I think it's the dumbest it. thing. Like people think spelling is a chant. Like the Jets have a chant because they they spell Jets. That's not just spelling. So like first What's graders are chanting. Thing? Is that what we're saying? The Cowboys have a thing. Do they have like a theme song or like a war cry or anything? No, because they're not pathetic. I mean, they um, are, but like not for that. I mean, I opening thought. Uh, the beginning of the show, really good episode last week, RJ. Thought by us in terms of in terms of the reception too. Great job, us. To, to great job by us, but also really love the listeners stepping up to uh, say they really liked the quadcast of the uh, all NFC East teams being represented. So you know, we'll we'll try to make that happen when we can. I feel like a little bit more often than never. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to that in the future. And also, we we talked about condiments. Well, mm-hmm. I think off air. Oh, so. I threw I threw this. This was a great like talking point for me with a lot of people in my life. Like I threw that around a lot last week. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been I've been asking some people too. But you're welcome because uh, that was my question. So I, I said I stole it pe- from someone. Pe- I know. People think people that were like, man, this Brandon guy, he's pretty charming. Based off of your question, that was actually my question. So the residual charm mm-hmm. is mine. I was uh, no I'm, uh, full transparency. I said uh, actually, this is a question that my podcast co-host asked me, but I don't even know. I don't think we talked about it on air as much. But in any case, um, I wanted to bring up a thought that's been on my mind really important before the draft i feel like the takis kind of snack you like the takis or no like the little chips so what you're about yeah like the like the spicy rolled up tortilla chips flavored mm-hmm. trader joe's has a version uh not a sponsor um obviously the taki brand is really good i don't know i just i think those are kind of like underrated and i just think people needed to know that are you a hot cheetos person is that like your you like? I'm not like grossed out by Cheetos, I, but I don't like seek a Cheeto. Like I can take it or leave it. Um, there's a great. It's not like the puffy Cheeto, but it's like a baked puffy Cheeto. Like we're, if we're just talking like standard Cheetos again, not an ad. Uh, but I really enjoy those. But um, I think it's the same I company. Pull a bag of Cheetos um, into frame. Well, I, I I think it's the same company. I don't like hot Cheetos because they don't like the crunch. I know I realize mm. that's the appeal to Cheetos, but that's not my thing. Um, so they again, I think it's the same company. They make they're called hot fries. So it's the same like concept. Oh, yeah. Like like those are awesome. I love those. Okay. Uh, but it's kind of situational. Like and you have to be or, practical yeah. with this kind of stuff. Um, as a different example, uh, recently I went and ate crawfish, and I was wearing my white United States uh, women's national team jersey. 
and it was t- like just awful experience. Like I didn't enjoy it whatsoever because yeah, like, you know, when tough. you eat crawfish, it's like explosion of juice. Um, and so hot fries are kind of similar because your fingers end up red. And like in our line of work, we're using, we're using computer. We're the only people that use computers um, in yeah. corporate America. Uh, and so like your fingers corporate. are all like gunky afterwards. Like it's just, you know, not a good thing. I, I get that. And that is a downside of that kind of snack. Although I will say you said situational. Takis on the beach, man. I think that just works. Oh, dude, really works. The, that's like I like them like out by the pool. So like, yeah. if it's hot outside, right. that's when they're outside, best. Totally agree. Outside, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're in a nice, relaxing environment. Mm-hmm. A little bit of spice and flavor. It's great. So uh, everyone, this summer, go to the beach, get some takis if you want. You know, again, um, we're, not, we're not affiliated, but uh, I think you'll have a good time. Last thing before we get into today's actual episode, two things. Uh, one, if you'll allow me to plug uh, this video and podcast are dropping it on Blogging the Boys and Bleeding Green Nation uh, and Hogshaven and Big Blue View um, on Wednesday. But on Tuesday, we had DeMarcus Ware on the Blogging the Boys Network. So you can listen to that or watch it on either place. So go check that out. We talked a lot about the 2022 NFL draft, obviously. Uh, but the other thing, Brandon, um, is this is the draft. And so like I mentioned, our line of work, we're very busy. We're doing a lot of things. What are you eating? Like, what's your plan? What are you going to be eating on Thursday night, Friday night? Because like you, you're we're glued to our computers. We're doing all sorts of shows. Everybody go check out the SB Nation NFL show and stuff. So like, it has to be quick. It has to be yeah. efficient. But it's also the draft, so you want to have something somewhat special. You know what I mean? So like, what what are you doing? Great question by you. Uh, you're on fire recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Just the like a hot fry. That's right, baby. Yeah, or a uh, uh, taki. Maybe that's your new nickname for me, hot fry. Who knows? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's what they called you in high school, right? Um. I and to be clear, talk about the Fuego version, which is like I guess the standard. I would say like the red, not because they have the blue. There's the blue Taki too. They're not as good to me, um, but the Fuego kind. Anyway, um, uh, so really important question. I remember a couple years ago, I kind of saved like a big meal until after the draft was over. I think that Saturday night, like I wanted to have like a big feast, um, and I ended up getting uh, from an Indian place in Philly called uh, Tiffin, and that was actually really good. It was just like a nice big way to end the draft. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to do that as much as um, I feel like I have some things on hand. I have like uh, a Stouffer's baked lasagna. Oh, dude, those are great. Those are great. I, like, I think that could be like two meals for me and just the convenience of it. Like I, I can cook it probably maybe like Thursday during, like, you know, leading up to the evening there. And then I'll just have that for two nights. So that's th- maybe like Thursday and Friday. And then I'll kind of just piece together what else I have here. It's really kind of just grab and go. Uh, what about mm-hmm. you? I think that I'm going, I've been trying to lose some weight lately, been on the treadmill, you know what I mean? Been, been just grinding, but I think I might treat myself. Thank you very much. I look like a hot fry. Uh, That's everybody just, everybody knows that's Brandon's nickname for me. Um, But um, I'm thinking about a Whataburger, a staple here Mm. in the Republic of Texas. Uh, They have a sweet and spicy bacon burger. I get without mustard. I'm not, not a mustard guy. I know that was a contentious thing with the condiment discussion, Um, but uh, with a large sweet tea and a large order of fries, just go all out. Um, Again, it's the draft. You know what I mean? Like, it's a cool thing. I'm not like feeling like wings necessarily. And again, that goes back to like my hands. Exactly. Um, So, um, so yeah, that's, that's my plan. That's, that's how I'm going to rock. Awesome. Okay. So speaking of the draft, uh, this was your idea. A great idea by you. This is just a harmonious episode of the mixtape. You said, and I actually didn't even follow instructions correctly the first time. So I had to do it a second time. Um, Let's do a mock draft. We use the draft networks simulation method uh, simulator. Um, So not an ad, but the draft network is awesome. Not that the other simulators are awesome. But uh, look, just throwing out kudos left and right. Um, so we each did a simulation and we each controlled all four NFC East teams to, and we each made the best possible pick that we could for each particular team. Are you ready to begin? 
Yeah, so we're like the NFC East commissioner. Like, we want to see like mm. if that was a real thing. Like, we want the best well, for like, the NFC East. Like, like the we're we're like the SEC or like the Big Twelve. Like, we're the commissioners of an entire group. Right. We we're want the, the division as a whole to succeed for the standpoint of like we want the ratings and everything to be better. So yeah, we're trying to make every team better. We are the beast. Um, okay. Uh, so my top four, since we're going to talk about the Giants pick, uh, Jacksonville. So these were all simulated. Jacksonville took Aiden Hutchinson, who, by the way, on the subject of interviews, you can hear on the SB Nation NFL show this week. Wow. We are also going to share that interview on the blog and the boys YouTube channel as well. Uh, but he went to Jacksonville. Did he go there for you? Uh, Trayvon Walker went number one in my simulation. So he there's... went, he went to Detroit in mine. So that's one and two. Aiden went yeah. two, I assume. Uh, Yes. Okay, so three for me was Sauce Gardner, and four was Kayvon Thibodeau. Is that? Well, okay, so Sauce Gardner for me uh, to the Texans at number three, but then Evan Neal, uh, the first offensive tackle comes off the board right above the Giants' first pick. That made things or makes things complicated because I took Evan Neal for the Giants. I think we've talked about that. That's something Ed talked about during the quadcast. Got to establish that offensive line. Ed's in love with him. Um, I'm so I'm, I'm, you know, listening to my head coaches and whatnot within my conference as the overall commissioner. Uh, Evan Neal was my pick, but you couldn't take him for the Giants. Right. And uh, that's who I would have taken, to be clear as well. I just think uh, I think it's close between him um, and. the other guy's name that I can never pronounce, Ikim, um, from right. Ikim, the Ikim, North Carolina State, Carolina, tackle, yeah, right. North Carolina State. Um, but I just think you know you're talking about a guy who is 21 years old and played for Alabama. Like it's just you know you can't you can't you can't overthink that to me. Like <laughs> I get an Alabama offensive lineman. Uh, I think you're going to go right with that. So or like an Alabama receiver. Like all of them except Devontae well, Smith are awesome, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's just really ashamed to say that about Devontae Smith when you know it's not true but um obviously you know we've talked before too about the Giants you know being a real contender to trade down with one of these picks and and maybe uh as the the number five pick and obviously we can't we're not doing trades in this draft just as you know a little spoiler but um you know there's a scenario maybe where the offers aren't coming in and they just want to stick and pick and I think getting an offensive tackle whether it's Ecom or whether it's Evan Neal um I I think those guys are better bets yeah, I agree. If the Giants walk out of this with a tackle and a future first rounder, I think it's a success. I think if they walk out yeah. with a tackle and something, it's a success. Like they just have. If, and if you can draft the first tackle off the board, like I did at least for them, yeah. like that's again home run sort of thing. I it's unfortunate, but the Giants are really kind of headed in the right direction. Um, so this one is pretty easy. Unfortunately, pretty chalk. Although we did have differing results. Um, so let's see who did the Panthers take because they took Akeem in my mock. Um, so at number six, they have Charles Cross going off, who has been connected to the Giants a lot, especially I think if they do trade down from five and probably going to be on the board there for them uh, at seven, at least. I just want to touch on the Giants offensive line real quick, too. So, OK, let's say they add a uh, Evan Neal. I mean, I guess you're you know having him play right tackle. So you have Andrew Thomas at left tackle and Neal on the right side. Like that's a pretty good bookend, you know, to kind of to fill the interior, obviously on the inside not really any mainstays they signed mark lewinsky from the right. Colts. he's kind of just like but like it's uh, it takes time it's a project yeah it's right? like that's a that's a really and john feliciano was clearly a placeholder too but like okay that's like that's a, a somewhat respectable offensive line now and obviously a lot of promise moving forward you have an nfl quality offensive line like that's yeah. and that's a massive improvement and they've been trying to you know th- and like you said don't overthink it they've been trying to like reassess and reestablish this offensive line for what like 10 years at this point i mean just so don't overthink it and that's like if they, they walk away with any of these three 
I think it's it's fine. I think it's fair. Um, you can have your argument. That's kind of what Ed touched on too. Like whichever one you prefer, or whatever. It's your um, Brian Broaddus, who does a great job covering the NFL draft, but has been a, a Cowboys mainstay forever. Always talks about like it's flavors of ice cream at this point. Like you're you're picking your favorite. Um, so they're all good. They're all ice cream. So okay. So Harry Roseman um, once used that analogy when the Eagles traded up to number two, and he was like, you know, do what do you like, vanilla or chocolate? Or then well, Brian Broaddus once to... worked for the Eagles. So well, there you uh, go. Let's not forget that. But um, okay. So um, the Giants and the Panthers both walk away with tackles in both mocks uh so that puts us back on the clock at seven do you want to tell me for the giants obviously uh do you want to go first i went first last time so maybe you should hear i have them taking Kayvon thibodeau who it seems like there's some smoke that he could fall uh i think there, might- there were there was a report actually on monday that he might fall and the cowboys are keeping tabs on that and they might mm. trade up the cowboys if they included their second round pick uh, by way of the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, they could get up maybe to 14. Mm. Uh, so you'd have to fall a little bit longer of a ways. But I would, I feel like, you know, that's interesting. The Ravens pick, I feel like they might just take him at that point. Um, you know, I feel like that's like, that's a kind of a Ravens pick they would make instead of trading out. But in any mm-hmm. case, um, yeah. Uh, Jordan Davis is going to be a Raven, like, by the way, like that's well, super obvious. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, Um, I mean, unless maybe, let's say again, uh, Thibodeau is there. But yeah, I, I could see Jordan Davis easily going to 14. But, um, for the Giants to be able to get a kind of foundational left tackle or a right tackle, whatever, offensive tackle for them, and then also to improve the trenches. Because for as bad as the offensive line has been, that's always been like the bigger story, I feel like, rightfully so, with the Giants. But RJ, when was the last time they had a pass rusher that was like even respectable, that you feared? Like Leonard Williams has been obviously kind of has come on as it's an the, interior player. But talking it's about the 2011 rusher, squad. That's who yeah, like the Justin, Justin Tuck, Tuck, OC. Yeah, like it's that um, whole crew. Who else is in there that I can't J- remember? JPP. Um, yeah. And OC. Well, OC, I don't think was there in 2011. OC and who else? Um, well, Michael like Strahan was in 07. Kiwi. But, uh, um, uh, oh, that, yeah. yeah. Now you're, you're wow. digging way uh, in. But yeah, like even just like over, like we're talking edge rushers and this, like Thibodeau was the pick, but like even defensive players, like I was never afraid of Landon Collins. No. Like, like they, they haven't had a linebacker that like struck fear in me or any sort of corner. So like I, I never. Like that one good season in I was never, like, again, I like Dez had like a beef with him. And so like, I was never like into it. Like, but I just, I, they have not had a, like, again, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys theme here. They haven't had a player that has been who Micah Parsons is or even anything close in the last, since Michael Strahan. Is that fair to say? I guess. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, anything they had maybe a one season wonder, but not much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That's depressing for Giants fans. But, okay, that's a good pick. Um, Obviously, he was unavailable for me because he went to the other New York team, um, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 to give the chant. Uh, These two teams, it should always be said, tied for the least amount of wins in the NFL. Are we ever going to see some separation there? I don't know. Uh, Like, like, I don't really know. You're more of an East Coast person, obviously. Um, Is that, That like, a real rivalry? Like, do the Giants and Jets, like, is that, like, a thing? Is it... Like, and I, I truly don't know, like, do, like, Yankees and Mets fans hate each other? Like, do Knicks and Nets fans? Like, is that, like, a, a real big divide? I think Yankees and Mets was bigger, the Subway Series, as right. it's called, um, than a – because, you know, the Giants and Jets just don't play, obviously, very often. They play in the Snoopy preseason Bowl. every year. Snoopy Bowl. I don't even know what that is. Um, That's the – I think I, – I believe the origin of that is um, the MetLife company, like – I think Snoopy is a part of their branding. So they call it the Snoopy Bowl because it's MetLife Stadium. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really think there's a whole lot to that. Um, the way I think of it is kind of it's like an enemy of my enemy is my situ- uh, is my mm-hmm. friend kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, Eagle Sands and 
Jets fans can agree that the Giants suck. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, both game greens. Anyway, uh, for me, um, I was debating here between Derek Stingley and Kyle Hamilton because I could not take uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously. And I know what Ed said as well. I factored, obviously, the quadcast and our discussions into my picks. I went with Kyle Hamilton. I, I Again, I understand positional value. I understand blah, 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 whatever. He's awesome. He's a baller. He's, he's a stud. He's arguably the best player in the draft. And I think that the Giants are going to not overthink things, and that would really suck. I, I like my mock for them more than I like yours, honestly, um, which means I prefer yours to be reality. If And, like, that gives them – and I don't believe in, like – people say, like, oh, they need to draft, like, a face of the franchise. Like, I don't believe in that at all. But Kyle Hamilton can become, like, the face of their defense. And they, they are lacking – um, for lack of a better way to put it, they're lacking people to put on the media guide. You know what I mean? And Kyle Hamilton turns into one of those players like right away, the future all of a sudden looks a lot brighter for New York in a lot of different ways. I think it's pretty hard for them to go wrong. Like the only way they could mm-hmm. go wrong, I feel like is they somehow like traded up. Like if they package this or something like, no, like stay put, make your picks at the very least. Obviously I think the ideal situation, like we talked about is them getting a 2023 pick somehow, obviously ideally a first uh, and a move back. I mean, maybe again they trade back. I don't think it would be as good for what we've talked about the Saints trade. Like, I think you don't really want that as much as you want a future pick. But if they if they did and they move back to sixteen or whatever, yeah, sixteen and nineteen, like okay, then all of a sudden they have three first round picks to work with, and and they could. So there's, it's hard for them to go wrong. Is, is yeah, my I, thinking. I don't think there's like a Cleveland Farrell sitting out there like th- that. Like you know, yeah. that I mistake is not maybe for if them. Trayvon Walker falls to them, maybe that wouldn't be. Like, I think, because I feel like he, and, and I don't know, I don't have like the strongest take on Trayvon Walker because he's out of the Eagles range, but I feel like, you know, maybe he could kind of be like a Solomon Thomas, maybe kind of being mm-hmm. like a little bit overrated, but, but I don't even know that he's going to get it to number five. So I don't even know if they have to worry about that. Uh, the first receiver in the mock I did went to Atlanta at number eight, Garrett Wilson. Who did they take for you? Uh, so at eight, the Falcons made the same pick and yeah, okay. that is the first wide receiver off the board. Charles Cross went to Seattle and Trevor Penning went to the Jets for me. Interesting. Um, for me, yeah, it was Malik Lewis. And to be clear here, folks, in the case, you know, I didn't make it clear, um, or RJ, like these, the, the non-NFT East picks here are simulated. Again, right. I just want to stress that we didn't pick this. Um, but Malik Willis goes off the board to Seattle. Uh, Russ's replacement. Uh, wow. Mm. He must have some strong feelings about that. And then uh, Derek Stingley goes I, uh, gets. I asked DeMarcus Ware about Russell Wilson in the interview. Um, oh, man. I I did not do the impersonation. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, you coward! You, you know, coward! You know, it's, it's it's just you know sometimes it's there's a time and a place and uh, and for me the, the the time is now and and it's it's really always been now. Now is now is a state of being and um How and the place is that? here. The place the place is in Denver, mile, mile high. Let let's ride. How good would that have been if you just like t- like did like a you know a fifteen minute interview whatever you did with him and then like you know ten minutes into it you just changed your voice without any kind of warning and you just went into that bit. Oh, man, I um great. I'm I'm having like a panic attack even just thinking about doing that. But uh, anyway, okay, so uh, just, like, who did looking the... at you like what is going on? Uh, who did the Jets take for you? Stingley, Derek. Okay, Stingley. okay, okay, okay. Uh, so um, he went. No, he's still on the board, or was still on the mm. board for me. Um, so now we're on the clock with Washington. Um, again, number of different directions that they could go. Yeah. Um, but again, factoring in what Stabby said, factoring in the team, factoring in what they've done this offseason, factoring in the fact that Terry McLaurin still doesn't have a deal, it felt like they have to get a wide receiver. And again, like 
we laugh at Carson Wentz, but do everything you can to help him out. Like that's sure. that's the the boat you're in right now. Like you made this bet, so you might as well lie in it. Uh, I took Drake London. Um, I, mm. I feel like that's just that makes a lot of sense. Uh, give give him a star uh, opposite of Terry McLaurin, and on paper. That offense is not the worst in the NFL. I mean, you've got Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Drake London, Antonio Gibson, um, J.D. McKissick, who hated the Bills. What a loser move, by the way, like to choose the commanders over the Bills. Uh, Logan Thomas, if that ever works itself out, and then a defense that seemingly should regress back towards the mean this year. Like, that's not the worst place to be. So Drake London, uh, despite being a bigger guy, kind of works on the slot a lot. And uh, maybe Washington could see him as like their their new Zach Ertz, kind of obviously a different position, like not exactly, you know, it's a wide receiver to tight end, but um, like that bigger guy who can kind of be an underneath target. I think maybe that's what they could be thinking there. Should be noted that Todd McShay uh, in a post for Monday on ESPN Plus, he wrote about like things he's hearing around the league and and he connected Jake uh uh, Drake London to Washington. Also, Chris Olave uh, could be a little uh, Buckeyes pairing there in Landover, Maryland. And uh, I, Drake London doesn't really scare me, honestly. Like I would kind of, I, I would prefer Washington to take him because I think there's some kind of like bust potential there, or at least he, I think he might not be anything overly stellar. Chris Olave scares me a little bit more just because I feel like he, even if he might be like a little limited and and he might be something of a one trick pony. I mean, higher floor. One -trick, yeah, is valuable. Like he can mm -hmm. get deep in Carson Wentz again for all his faults, and he will overthrow people deep. I've seen it, but like he does have a strong arm. So in theory, you know, if this guy is blazing down the field, uh, maybe there's some you know potential for big plays there. So uh, I think they kind of really like have to go receiver <laughs> this pick again. We've talked about how they just have so nothing. you took Olave. So I made a pick for them, um, but I, I did not take that uh, because I will say. Uh, I, I think they have to go receiver unless there isn't like obvious player that falls to them instead that probably shouldn't be there at number 11. And I went with Kyle Hamilton here just because ah. uh, I was, I was between this and receiver, but I was like, I just don't think you can pass on him because I think there's a chance he doesn't even make it to that pick. And obviously you lose, uh, they, you know, they, part, they parted ways with Landon Collins, right? Where's Landon Collins now? Or is he still there? open market? Okay. Wow. Still just floating out there. Um, not a good player anyway. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a, that's a nice pick for them in terms of like an organization that has a lot of bad culture, but I think he could be like a good culture guy for them. Uh, and actually maybe like a real leader and not like a fake tough guy, kind of like Lady right. Collins. So I think that'd be a, a, a solid pick by them. It doesn't help again, their big need for a receiver, but, uh, if he's there, I think it's tough for them to pass on him. Like Stingley is another guy I think could be interesting at that spot in terms of like they could really use, you know, a, a star kind of corner. But I just feel like I said to Stabby last week, if Stingley goes to Washington, I have like no confidence in that working out. There's too many red flags in this profile for me to feel like Washington is going to be the team that like hits on him. Well, and like their risks that they have taken Washington, and I use the word risks very widely, have not worked out. Um, Darius Geis, Bryce Love, different situations, different risks. But you know what I mean? Like they have, you know, they have yet to take somebody that has these like, man, is it going to work in the NFL cases and seeing it actually work in the NFL? Right. Um, so I agree. And that that Louis was Ravens. My, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. My, that's that exact logic was why I took him to the Giants. Like at a certain point, it's just like he's the best player. We just make it work. Like mm -hmm. we're not going to turn this down, whatever, et cetera. Um, so that sucks. So we both have Kyle Hamilton winding up in the NFC East. Um, you have him in Washington, I have him in New York. I would prefer him in Washington 
Washington, if I'm being honest, because hmm. um, I would, you know, I think that they would hinder his ceiling and his growth and his potential more. Um, so hopefully, again, I'm liking your mock as far as reality more. Um, Derek Stingley was an option, as mentioned. He went to Minnesota for me at 12. Yeah, that's a and, very popular pick. Right. Um, <laughs> you see that in every mock. Uh, Jermaine Johnson went to the Texans at 13. And Jordan Davis went to the Ravens at 14. Mm. Again, it's a classic Ravens thing. Like, And then like if this were to happen... All of the grades on Friday morning would be like the Ravens killed the draft. The Ravens, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I mean, it would just be like freaking out, et cetera. Um, so that takes us to the Philadelphia Eagles at 15. Uh, well, hold up. Who did the Ravens take for you? Hey, Texans and Ravens take for you. Well, and the, the Vikings took Jordan Davis in mind okay. at number 12. So he's with, wearing purple one way or the other. There you go. Um, devastated because I would really like Jordan Davis to fall to the Eagles. Not the end of the world, um, depending on who else they get. But like that's that's a that's a blow. I would in my perfect you know situation, the Eagles get Jordan Davis and Jamison Williams. Uh, so then Drake London comes off the board at number thirteen to the Texans. Uh, Zion Johnson, a popular Dallas Cowboys target, is kind of a little bit earlier than expected. I think off the board here at number fourteen to the Ravens, mm -hmm. leaving. The Eagles with the guy I wanted. If I couldn't get Jordan Davis, and that is one Jamison Williams. RJ, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a another uh, little tidbit yep. in that Todd McShay piece that said like the the Eagles' preference reportedly, and take that for what it's worth. There's a lot of you know smoke out there, but they're, reportedly their preference is Jamison Williams, and I mean that makes a lot of sense. Like they've tried to get a receiver this offseason, and they failed, and they went to the Alabama well last year. I think it did well for them, and with Jamison Williams, like. This guy is a no doubt about it top 10 pick if he doesn't have the ACL tear. And I don't know if you saw this as well, but like I think his camp kind of posted a video of him jogging and running around. Like he looks pretty good. Like he looks like this idea that I talked about this with Jimmy Kempsey and BZN Radio. We did our seven round mocks, and I, I believe I had Jamison Williams as my first pick here as well. And I was just like, this idea he's going to miss the whole rookie season. Like where's that coming from? Like, like uh, Landon Dickerson had an, an ACL tear late in December, I believe, last year, and he played. He was like ready to play by week two, and that doesn't mean that's the norm, and every player will be like that. But the idea is going to like have to even be on the pup list. He might not even have to be on that. He might miss like three games, whatever. Like, who, but who cares? That's that's no, no, no bearing on my pick here. Especially the Eagles aren't like all in to win this year. They can afford a player to miss three games. I think Jameson Williams is a really good bet. I hate that I agree with every words you said um i would be scared I'd, if washington got him i would be too um it would be interesting to talk about this next week if he went to washington and then the eagles took drake london just to kind of hear your um, as i fight off a sneeze um hear your kind of like um sadness all right i did it oh my god nice are you okay i survived uh that was an intense sneeze um uh, i got wow. my eyes to water um it's because I'm allergic to crab and we're talking about the Eagles. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, crab. I, yeah, crab too. We were just talking about the Ravens. Um, and I don't know if you know, Baltimore's got great crab. The, the, I was going to say, the, like, the, the, I wonder how many people like don't know about like Baltimore, like being like a big crab place. Like just that. I mean, uh, I said it now, but I was like, <laughs> you're just gonna, like, let the, that go um, over. I hate those like bets. Like when, like, I don't know, Baltimore would have played when they played the Niners in the Super Bowl. And it was like the mayor has 10 pounds of crab like wagered on the Super It's like, OK, like we have don't ever heard of crab fries. No, that sounds awesome, though. What is that? So it's actually there isn't any crab involved, at least uh, here in Philly. But uh, there's a place called Chickies and Pete's where it's just like cheese fries, but they sprinkle like a, a healthy dose of a Old Bay seasoning on there. Dude, that sounds just, legit. 
yeah, that's the fry, and they're like a crinkle cut, and the fries mixed with like the melty. It's not like um, you know, like just melted sliced cheese. It's like a cheese sauce, like a saucy, like again, it's like a white kind of cheese, and the 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 seasoning. I think they're great. I think any kind of fry is really good, generally. Sure. Like, um, you know how Burger King has those chicken fries? They're like chicken tenders and fries. Like, those are awesome. Like, you do anything in fries, I'm all about it. Different thing, um, but just near the subject. Uh, have you ever had Cousins Main Lobster? I imagine you have. Like, No. But the, like, food truck, you know what I'm talking about? It's on Shark no. Tank? It was on Shark Tank, and it was, like, I guess, I think they were two cousins, and they, like, developed a food truck, and they, like, sell lobster rolls. Um, and they had one at the apartment complex. My wife and I lived at a long time ago and we went and tried it and holy crap, it was sick. But I first saw it on Shark Tank. So the lobster roll was, that's what you got. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the, the, like the business, the cousins made oh. lobster and Barbara invested in it. And so then it became like, again, it's mostly like an East coast thing. I think they're from like, like Boston or like that neck of the woods. Um, and that's so where lobster just, comes from. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's a food truck and they sell it hot and cold, but you must eat a lot of lobster rolls, hot or cold. What's your preference? I don't really, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a ton of them. Um, I know there's different ways to do it hot and cold too. I feel like the hot one gets a certain, like one gets like butter, the other one gets mayo or whatever. Like there's like a different mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. the sauces and, and uh, I don't know. I'm not like the biggest seafood guy. I kind of pick my spots with seafood. I don't just love everything across the board. Lobster, I've had it. I think it's fine, but uh, it always comes back to why would I be eating this when I can eat pizza instead? You, um, you ever hear that joke when you're like six years old? Like I'm on a seafood diet. I see food, I eat it. Well, I I remember the uh, the little middle school thing where like like do you want do you like seafood? And then you would like stick really disgustingly the food that you're chewing at lunch like out of your mouth at your friends. (laughs) See food. So so my like joke was really clever. Yours was really disgusting. I didn't do that to be clear. I'm saying that I had that Mm -hmm. done to me. Well, you didn't grow up around the right people. Let's just say that. Well, um, anyway, um, getting back to this, I took Jameson Williams for the Eagles, and I was really yeah. bummed about it. It's a no-brainer. Um, yeah, it is. It's the first pick that we're in lockstep agreement on, by the way, uh, right? And and some of that is the circumstance of it all, like the simulations were right. different. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this this is a solid pick. I, I would be nervous about this. He'd be the best receiver on the Eagles roster right away because oh, yeah. uh, well, number well, two would be Jalen Rager. Number three would be Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, who sounds like he might actually get traded or – I mean, I would at least I would hope. I mean, I don't know for what. By the way, we didn't mention Kadarius Tony. That's something to watch. Oh, you know, dude, that uh, is the guy so who you said was like the funny. second best receiver in the class last year. Totally not mentioning Jalen Waddle. I said that Jamar partly, Chase. partly to troll. Yeah, um, but Jalen Waddle. It was, um, yeah. So um, pretty funny. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
The New Orleans Saints took Chris Olave at 16 for me. How about you? Um, just what a disaster, by the way, though. Like the trade down was really good for the Giants last year. Obviously, Gettleman did a great uh, job did. with that. I mean, but but just like to pick Kadarius Tony because you missed out on Devontae Smith and you had to get a receiver. And I think Tony is talented, but like there's so many just, red flags with him. But but some of, some of that is like this sounds weird. Some of it's not the Giants' problem. Like their culture is broken. Like it, it was not a wise pick in that sense. Like you know, like they were they were not going to be the place that he could flourish. Um, but so. there's a lot of loser energy coming from him. Like he won't even attend like voluntary stuff. Like that right, was an right, issue right. last year too. Like there's just like too many things where it's like, this is not the guy. Like, he's just not locked in. He clearly is not like locked in. And maybe again, the giants deserve some blame, but there's some, there's some issues on his end as well. Um, I wonder, and- um, by the way, how many times a team has like picked up a future first in a trade, like the giants did. And it wound up being inside the top 10. Hmm. Um, so the not, giants can't did- be too often. But the Giants did it and the Seahawks did it, right? The Patriots year. did it uh, at one point. One well, and the time. and the Dolphins did it uh, by way of the Texans pick, the Tunsil pick, and everything like that. Um, right. But so interesting perspective for all the like future firsts that are potentially being dealt. So um, I do think the Eagles have the best chances of having that next year. But anyway, uh, so who did New Orleans take for you at sixteen? I took Chris, so, Chris Olave on my end. Last thing I'll say about Jamison Williams, it's, that's one of the few players that gets me really like excited. Like there's a bunch of players in this range that the Eagles could take and it's like fine or like good pick, whatever. But Jamison Williams is exciting. But at number 16, the second quarterback goes oh, off the board. Desmond Ritter. Oh, New Orleans above. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. Okay. All right. So New Orleans, this was the original Colts pick. Correct. That went to Philly that went to yes. New Orleans. Okay. And it'd be uh, interesting for uh, Eagles fans to be rooting against Desmond Ritter. <laughs> it would. Uh, the Chargers took Devonte Wyatt on my end at 17. Okay. Uh, Jermaine Johnson falls to okay. number 17. Someone I strongly considered at number 15 could be in play. I don't think he's going to fall this far, but we'll see. So that takes us to 18 in the Eagles. And I was a little bit stuck here. Like the Jamison Williams thing was really yes. obvious. It was, it was really like, okay, this is an easy dot to connect. Um, I, so I don't know Like maybe you won't like this, but I just kind of thought like, what, what makes sense? Like what's high floor? What's a, a solid bet. So I took Trent McDuffie. I feel yeah. like solid pick for the Eagles. You strengthen your secondary. Um, so you've built up your, you know, your receiver room, your secondary room, you're in a weird spot as a franchise overall, but this, I think this is the best step to take, assuming you can't trade out again. I think the Eagles, when it comes to the question of like, should they trade up or trade down? It's really both. They should trade up ideally for a little bit from uh, 15 to get Jordan Davis or Jamison Williams to make sure you don't get sniped for those kind of players. You should also probably trade down for number 18. Cause like to your point, I think that's speaking to kind of where the talent kind of just dips off and you're not really feeling super stoked about anyone at that pick. So it wouldn't be the worst thing if they stayed there, but it's it's not like it, you're not excited about it. And I just feel like there's probably better value in moving down. And I think it's relevant. And I was talking uh, again about this with Jimmy on BGN radio, but you look at the Steelers there at number 20, and maybe they want to move up a couple picks because maybe the Saints don't take a quarterback at 16 and they're worried about them get, getting one at 19 or, or some other team kind of sniping uh, the Steelers at 19. So I, I, I think there's a potential uh, trade opportunity uh, for the Eagles to move back, if not with Pittsburgh, with some team. I think Peter King had them moving back to the Packers at number 22. Um, so I think there will be an opportunity for the Eagles to move back, even if just slightly. I had them taking Trent McDuffie as well. Uh, I had them taking Karlaftis in the mock I did for BGN. I didn't want to do that again, even though he was still on the board, just because that's kind of boring from a content perspective and me just doing the same exact thing and talking about the same exact points. 
uh, with McDuffie, I'm not thrilled about it. Um, I think cornerback is obviously like it's a big hole on the Eagles roster because it's Darius Slay and can you name the other starting quarterback? No, uh, yeah, Avante so Maddox. I mean, he's in the slot, but like if you're talking about outside, it could be Zach McPherson, who showed some promise, but was like a fourth round pick last year. And the Eagles have a bunch of just like day three kind of young players that they seem to be kind of excited about. I tend to think they might be able to work through that and maybe adding a pick later just because in Jonathan Gannon's defense, you're asking these are cover two corners who aren't like asked to be, you know, play like man and, and they don't have the toughest assignments and their safeties are playing like 50 yards behind them anyway. So it's like they're not just out there on an island. So uh, I don't necessarily love it from a resources standpoint. I think it's a fine pick. Should mention here that Trent McDuffie is actually Dane Brugler's number two cornerback, uh, which is interesting, just behind Ahmad Gardner uh, in uh, his rankings. Um, I, I, a lot of people have talked about how he's like a clean prospect. Didn't really have like, you know, the playmaking. Uh, only had two interceptions at Washington, 10 passes defense. He did have three, four stumbles. But like, so this, yeah, I'm not thrilled about it at all, but uh, I think he can be a starter. So it's fine. I, again, I think this is the best pick. I, mean, I don't think you're like quite making lemonade out of lemons. Like it's not like, it's it's not like the world is ending here sort of situation. It just, this speaks to the the class. Like there's not, there's, there's, there's only like a dozen or so Baker's dozen, whatever, like true first round grades that you can hand out. So anybody else, you're kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, I think in this, this, this is a reason why if you're an Eagles fan, first of all, sucks uh but you should be rooting against new Orleans to draft a quarterback first because you you want this to be that that pivot point for the second quarterback yeah. to come off the board um so that's one you know level of interest here um other than that i mean you know cool good good for you eagles i mean uh, oh i was gonna say this too uh you made me think of it um who did sauce Gardner go to in your mock um the, the texans giant the texans okay i am already saying this now and i realize this is not like a you know whoa like i'm the first person to say this it is going to be so annoying on friday whatever team that drafts him like the sauce stuff is going to be they're going to beat it to death right away like it, you know what i mean they're going to ruin it right away like it, it will take less than 24 hours for it to get old what's the best team he could go to in terms of like marketing for sauce mm, texas barbecue sauce like, like so texans works Houston. out yeah mm. Because um, like what what other condiment has the word sauce in its name? Barbecue sauce is the only one. The last thing, like I'll maybe say, tomatillo sauce, but also like a southern Texas, like near the border type of thing. The last thing I'll say about uh, the Eagles is that I believe, even though they did get the 2023 first round pick from the Saints and they got the 2024 second round pick, I think right. Um, they, they're not done. Like they need to get because we've talked about at length all those other teams that have first round picks next year i still believe at some point in this draft it doesn't ask i mean ideally it would be another first but like that's not realistic to expect that um ideally they still need to pick up another first or not another extra another pick in a future year it doesn't necessarily have to be 2023 i think but either in 2023 or 2024 they need an extra pick at some point um okay so that takes us we have the cowboys left and i have uh the dallas cowboys pre-draft press conference to get to so just show people everybody knows how the sausage is made that's when we're recording this um they're about to be speaking shortly so you know chop chop blg uh the five picks uh between the eagles and the cowboys for me uh my simulation new orleans did take a quarterback it was not desmond or it was malik willis Mm. uh for me Pittsburgh took Desmond Ritter. So there go two quarterbacks, which I'm fine with. Push other players down the board. Super awesome. Happy to see. Um, 
New England took Devin Lloyd. Green Bay took George Karlaftis, not a wide yeah. receiver. A lot of people think that's happening. Um, and Arizona took Kair Elam. So uh, what were the five picks for you? So similar, uh, but it's Trevor Penning to the Saints at number 19. They fill a hole at left tackle there. Uh, Kenny Pickett stays in Pittsburgh. You can imagine. Oh, man. Of- did you know that they work out at the same facility? Wow. Yeah, How cool. Things you would get tired of. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Pickett staying in Pittsburgh would be really on brand. Uh, I feel like that's a it would, reason. Oh, Dan, it would be like they didn't draft Dan Marino in 1983. They <laughs> so they made sure to get the the Panther this time around. I feel like Pitt is such a lame name for a school. By the way, it's so <laughs> lazy. Like just like Pitt. Like think think of like any other state that like abbreviated it Phil. or like shortened itself or as Phil the up. name of a school. Like I like I know that Cal goes by Cal, but it's it's like it's like California University, right? Like what is the there's like, multiple ones, right? Yeah, so it's it's not just like Cal, and even Cal sounds like Pitt. It sounds gross. Like imagine like Florida. If a Florida school was like floor, like floor means flower in Spanish. Like that'd be kind of cool actually. But like Pitt, like it just sounds gross, dude. I, like I and like it's so uh, whatever. But uh, okay, so Kenny Pickett goes. To this You're thing. gonna stuff some fries in Kenny Pickett's helmet and draft him. Um, mm-hmm. That's a little Permanente's joke. Oh, uh, Permanente's is awesome. Pittsburgh is I so disagree. much better than Philly. I've had wow. oh, this is a terrible take. I've had it, and I wanted oh, it dude. to be good. I was excited, but the fries weren't even good. I loved when I went to Pittsburgh for the Cowboys Steelers game in 2016. Awesome, like great sports town, great sports vibe. I obviously this was uh, November, so I obviously didn't go to a game. But PNC Park, I'm I'm gonna just like say best yeah. baseball park in America. It's really cool. You, all the bridges and stuff in the background. Yeah, the banks river. of the three rivers. See, like what does Philly have? It has it's nothing like rivers. that. Like it's Pittsburgh is the best city in Pennsylvania. It's two rivers. Anyway, um, Chris Olave at uh, 21 to the, the Patriots. We have Karlaftis also at, to the Packers like you did, and then also Elam to the Cardinals. So that leaves us at the Cowboys pick at number 24. So the options for me that I uh, seriously considered, Zion Johnson was gone, not mm-hmm. gone for me. Gone uh, for me. No, he, yeah. he was. Uh, no. I don't um, think he was for you. He was no, gone he's, for me. No, he's not gone. So, uh, you're right. I, I debated between Zion, who I did not pick, obviously, uh, Kenyon Green and Traylon Burks. Those are my three sort of situations. I prefer Kenyon Green to Zion Johnson. Like, if, if I have the option, I'm taking uh, Kenyon Green. It's really a decision for me between Kenyon Green and Traylon Burks or Chris Olave. Like, so mm. it's it's like a choose your own adventure. Do you want the adventure beginning with a guard or do you want the adventure beginning with a receiver? And the value is better at receiver. Like, you're going to get a much better value, you know, overall if you take the receiver at 24 and then, you know, draft Jamari Sawyer or whatever at 56 and get your guard there. But, dude, they have to get guard. Yeah. They have to. That's the, They have not addressed it. They, they have a, And Cowboys fans love to hate on Connor Williams. They're going to miss him. They, they literally miss him. They are literally trying to fill the void that he left in free agency. He was a starter for four years. I know that he had penalties and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But he was a very solid player for them. And so I went Kenyon Green. It sucked to pass on Traylon Burks, but that's where I'm at. Also took Kenyon Green. I just think the yeah the place the Cowboys are in. And you look at the historical bust rates at certain positions. I think there's more volatility with receiver, especially in a class where there's like not a consensus. There's kind of like, you know, a lot of split opinions on these guys. Uh, and I think just getting a surefire, uh, you know, it's a guard, so it's not like the most premium pick, but still, like you're you're later in the first round. That's not the biggest deal. Uh, if I, I'll go back to what I said last year, if the Cowboys are going to be undone, I think it's going to be more about their their offensive line than their receiver situation. Like suddenly, like they have enough at receiver with Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. I disagree. That they have enough. Like, well, I, I mean, don't... they have enough to like not that they're stacked, but they have enough 
like they don't have to pick a receiver is my no I, I think they're like they will take a receiver in the top 100 like i would bet I mean, that's fine but they don't have to take one in the first round is the point i don't know i mean they can but i just i think it's better for i think they would be more prudent to take the offensive lineman go with uh kind of your meat and potatoes kind of draft straightforward eat your vegetables kind of draft um as, as opposed to like the icing uh on a cake uh, which is more, you know, maybe satisfying, more sugary, more sweet, but isn't going to last you. Isn't as uh, the sustenance isn't there. I think offensive line is the is the better way for the Cowboys to go. So apparently, during the team's pre-draft press conference, Stephen Jones just said it's a very middle of the draft. Or it's very middle of the draft heavy. Excuse me, and said that uh, it's it's deep uh, rounds three through five. And I know we 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 didn't trade back again as mentioned several times in this this exercise, but that would be my dream, especially like in my situation where Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, and Traylon Burks were all available. Move back twenty nine with mm-hmm. the Chiefs is a popular spot that like in all the stuff we've done, yeah. like that that makes sense, especially if Kansas City if they value a receiver, you know, and they really don't want to take a chance. Move back, pick up an extra top one hundred pick. You need those right now and get your other chance in the third round. And then still, you'll very likely still walk. I'm, a lot of people like the Bucks generally also end up with one of the guards sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you're sure to walk away with somebody who you really like. And even if it's not that, um, I don't think I'm making certain. Uh, oh, uh, George Karlaftis was still on the board for me as well. OK, um, so. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He went to Green Bay. At oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. But, right. yeah. But, but like, I, I mean we do a billion mocks, but like he has been there a lot. So like, if you have some combination of that, like, and I'm fine with any of those picks, especially if you trade back, if you pick up a top 100 pick, I'm down. That would be two straight years of moving back for the Cowboys, obviously moved back with Philly last year. Um, but Ken Young Green is my kind of like, if I have to pick a name that I want, like yours is Jamison Williams. That's mm-hmm. where I'm looking to go. I think uh, it's kind of, it's hard for a lot of these teams. I must feel like to go wrong. I mean, they can, obviously it's possible, but in terms of like, and obviously, you know, the draft is a crapshoot to some extent. But in terms of making good bets, I think for the most part, except for the, the Eagles pick at 18, which we didn't really feel strongly about, I think one of those offensive linemen is going to be there for the Cowboys. And if there's not, there's probably going to be a receiver. I guess I could just see receiver being where they go wrong the most, though. I don't think they're going to go wrong with the offensive linemen. I could see them taking the receiver and that receiver not being like the guy. Again, just I will be happy about it. And again, I think the value of it makes sense. Um, it's not as big of a need, but it, it will upset me more that they have acted the way they have to this point, because I understand not being able to turn down the value that Traylon Burks or Chris Olavi would present if they're on the board at 24, but that's like the Cowboys have generally done a very good job of, of like, of addressing holes before the draft so that if they don't walk away with something, they're not screwed. And they did mm-hmm. not do this. They, they left themselves, right. they, they painted themselves into a, a, hole, a corner here and have a glaring hole left guard and they could still turn around. And like for all, you know, again, some of it would be a, a lot of mocks and I'm sure you see this too. And I know you're not like focused on the interior offensive lineman, but a lot of mocks have Kenyon green or Zion Johnson falling out of night one. And and then, you know, we mentioned the Friday morning grades, the, there, there will be, and we can guarantee you all, on every major network, uh, a segment on Friday morning that are like, these are the uh, are the players that teams need to be on the phone right now trying to get to the top of the order on, mm-hmm. on in the second round to, to pick. And so, like, if I have to, like, truly paint a fever dream, it's that Dallas trades back with Kansas City or somebody in the first round, picks up an extra third round pick or something that can then be used as am- ammunition to move up again on Friday morning and they can walk away. Again, this is my nirvana with Traylon Burks and one of the two guards that falls. That would be a pretty huge win for them. I think that's possible, but it is, yeah. like everything else, contingent upon things falling their way. 
Yeah, I think that's a like realistic best case scenario. Just like you could say, I don't think it's likely that the Eagles get both Jordan Davis and Jamison Williams, but it's conceivable. It could it could happen. Like it's not like out of the realm of possibility. So yeah, those are the kind of the best case scenarios that we'd be looking um, for. All right, Brandon. That means this time next week we will have the definitive draft grades for the NFC East. Wow. How does that make you feel? Very exciting. I am excited. Okay, we talked food. We talked nfl um last thing i watched the batman last weekend not bad i i really thought it was gonna suck and it was not bad so i want to see it uh i was thinking about asking mooching off someone's hbo max if someone wants to give me (laughs) no don't actually do that um uh, I'll, I'll figure out a way to watch it at some point. I want to see it. Uh, I do like the concept of, at least I, I don't really know a ton about it. I haven't read a ton of the reviews, but some of the things I've heard in passing are that it's more like kind of mystery based. And I like that idea. I like uh, the idea of a superhero movie kind of taking it in different directions. Like, cause I think a lot of people just think superhero movie. So it's action. What well, it doesn't right. necessarily have to be, it could be yeah, more mystery based or right, even horror right. based or whatever. Um, this sounds dumb. Um, because I've never seen Sin City, but like, and I was talking to our great friend, the whiskey influencer, about this. Um, it reminded, it had like Sin City vibes. Like, Where's my like, invite, by the way? The whiskey influencer. Hey, I gotta just, be like, why am I, I've not been invited to be on the, I mean, he did last week when I uh, um, infiltrated your. That's all thing. I'll say. Anyway. Batman is, by the way, the official superhero of the NFC East because I am Batman here. You are mm. the Joker. Um, which I like means, how people call Batman detective. I like that. Um, so I'm Batman. You're the Joker. Before we leave, uh, Ed and Stabby are who? Stabby's uh, so the Riddler. Like, e- very mm, easily the Riddler. Wow. So DC. So that leaves what for Ed? Ed is maybe Penguin? Yeah, kind of kind of soft, soft-spoken, but calculated in what he yeah, says. A little bit older. That. Not like the only thing, but I right, think right, it's, right. yeah. Okay. All right. So that makes, makes, makes Blog and the Boys my Batmobile, because it's my vehicle. You know what I mean? So... Hmm. You got to get a purple suit. That's your assignment for next week's uh, NFC East mixtape. If you want to see BLG uh, wear a purple suit on the NFC East mixtape, tweet at us. He is on Twitter at Brandon Gotten. I am at RJ Ochoa. If at least five people tweeted us and use the hashtag. (laughs) I'm not agreeing um, to this. Purple mixtape. So hashtag purple mixtape. BLG oh. will wear a purple suit next week. Five five tweets. That's all it takes. He it swears. The worst time of year, like the busiest time of year for me to like go out and find like. He said it. He'll do it. Color. He told Never me. Never said it. Five tweets and he will wear a purple suit like the Joker that he is. Hashtag purple. I wish mixtape. I had a purple suit to be clear, but. Uh, um, Brandon, the final words. However many you want belong to you send us home my man everyone we appreciate you listening the draft is here it's exciting we would appreciate if you not only left a rating and review that's all good but also why not tell a friend about the nfc mixtape doesn't have to be a fan of the same team that you root for be you know like an eagles fan friend or a giants fan friend whatever you know just tell someone spread uh the word by word of mouth and uh (laughs) we appreciate it uh sincerely blg and hot fry